Life Audio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine. Today, we have a very special guest on with us. Her name is Rachel Arthur. I knew Rachel back in the day at church, and we were on the writing team together. She's incredible, has such a great perspective, and her story centers around growing up in a church as a daughter of a pastor and what that looked like for her. She also talks a lot about grief and how she's dealt with that over the years. I know you're going to love hearing from Rachel. So after a few words from our sponsors, please enjoy. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. I know. Well, and I'm excited to hear more about like just what's been going on with you through these questions too. So thanks for allowing me the opportunity to, to hear from you. And I know like I remember back in our sisterhood writing team days, like I just always feel like anytime you would share something, it was always just very insightful and meaningful. And so that's really why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Cause I just, I don't know, I feel like you just have some really positive and, and helpful things to say, especially when it comes to faith. So I'm excited to hear what you have to share. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I really am honored. This is, this is great. Like just hearing your voice and reconnecting again, like my heart is so full. So I know, I know. <laughs> well, why don't you kick us off with telling us a little bit about you and your faith walk and like, how did you start identifying yourself as a Christian or like, what did it look like for you to um, start your relationship with God? Yeah. So my relationship with God started (laughs) jokingly since birth. Um, So my dad is a pastor and um, the church. So I grew up in church, grew up going to church, all types of services, vacation, Bible school, Sunday school, the whole nine yards. Um, so definitely was introduced to the faith at an early age, um, got baptized when I was five. Um, but fast forwarding a few years, it was high school um, when I went on my first mission trip the summer after my freshman year, I believe it was, um, that was when I felt like God really just like 
like wrecked my heart in a way to say like, Rachel, you have been relying heavily on the faith of all those who have raised you what does it look like to now own your faith and so that was that was a real something I really wrestled with um throughout high school is how to make my faith my own and while I am so grateful for my upbringing and um the foundation that my parents laid for me it was really those high school years that kind of started becoming very pivotal to me owning my faith and knowing the word for myself and not just knowing the word for the sake of getting the answer right in Sunday school or, um, you know, at different youth group events and all of that. So that's, that's kind of how the journey started for me. And I am grateful that God would give me a legacy of faith through my family, but also grateful that he wouldn't let that keep me um, kind of just status quo going through the motions, just doing faith just because that's what I feel like I'm supposed to do. So, yeah, that makes sense. And and you do not have to answer this question if you don't want to, but um, I like, what was it like being um, a daughter of a pastor? Like what, what was that like for you? Yeah, for me, it was, it was very much a lot of, it felt like being a B-list celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I constantly, I feel like in this spotlight, like expectations always feel high. Um, I think people have a lot of preconceived notions for good and for bad of what they expect of you. Um, so that pressure from church members, if you will, always felt a little bit on the high side. You know, you have to look a certain way, act a certain way, um, essentially be perfect, which wasn't, didn't, you know, necessarily connect well with, I'm a perfectionist in a lot of ways. And so, you know, I just always wrestled with that. But I will say in the midst of that, my dad is very grounded. So while there are pressures maybe coming from different church members and expectations there, my dad was very good of not placing these high expectations of like, you need to be perfect. I think because he walks in that very very transparent, very honest, very humble um, about the challenges and the ups and downs that come with ministry. Like he was never someone to fake or pretend, um, you know, if things weren't going well, he was like, you know, this is a high calling that God has placed on my life. And that means everything's not going to always be rainbows and roses. And so I think that that was what helped me stay grounded was watching him walk through things with such transparency and humility but it's it's interesting um being a the the daughter of a pastor also I just feel like you never grow up especially because people at my dad's church have literally known me since the womb um Mm -hmm. so to go back and provide even more context and history my mom's dad so my grandfather was actually the pastor of the church before my dad became and so literally like the the people at this church have known my family for years upon years and so you know everybody thinks they know you and everybody has you know everybody's always in your business or you know so it was it it's definitely an interesting dynamic. And, um, you know, my dad is still pastoring there. So even when I pop home, you know, people are like, oh, oh my gosh, we remember when you, when you were little. And I think it's, it's been hard and a challenge to, to grow up in their eyes. You know, I'll always be, you know, little Rachel that they passed around when I was two or three, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you can't fault them for that, but yeah, <laughs> I could see that just being something you have to work through. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's just a little glimpse as to what it was like, but. <laughs> oh, that's, you know, your dad sounds like a wonderful man, like, because that is a lot of pressure on families. And so for him to be able to model God for you guys, not that he is perfect like God, he's a, you know, obviously a sinful man and just like everyone else, but at least, you know, he was able to mirror that a little bit for you. And so you didn't have to try to deconstruct a lot of that, you know, surrounding you know, dad is a pastor versus God is father, you know? So that's, that's really beautiful to hear that, that he was a really good um, example and leader for you guys. Yeah. I am definitely grateful to him for that. I feel like he is one of my top role models as it relates to the faith. So, so grateful for him. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thanks for sharing. And I guess to build off of that, um, what experiences have you had that have shaped or changed your view of God? And have there been significant events or maybe seasons of life that have really helped define your faith for you? Ooh, <laughs> so <laughs> many moments. Um, I, I'll, I'll go with my most recent moment. So um, in 2019, um, in August, my best friend passed away unexpectedly. And that rocked my world in a way that I was not ready for. Um, And that kind of kicked off this really hard season for me um, of just experiencing grief on a level that I never have experienced before, um, of just feeling very like hurt and disillusioned. And I didn't even realize it wasn't until I, I was in my car and was listening to YouTube was just playing things. And all of a sudden this song by Travis Green and Stephanie Gretzinger came on. Um, It was called Good and Loved. And I just started weeping in my car and it hit me like a ton of bricks that those were the two things that I was struggling to believe about God in that season. I didn't feel good. He didn't feel like he was good God. And I didn't feel loved. Like, how could this happen? And so that was a very, from 2019 up until I would say, honestly, now I've just been wrestling with like that grief and that unexpected death and like what that looks like as it relates to my faith and the lessons that God has taught me along the way in the last three years now um, have just been incredible. Um, I've learned in a whole new way what it means for like the spirit to intercede with groanings on our behalf, you know, that scripture that talks about that and Mm -hmm there were times where I literally felt like I had no words when I would go to pray as I'm like wrestling through these things. And I'm like, God, I can't even articulate what I'm feeling. Um, And just like having a whole new respect and love for when people say that they're praying for you. I think that can come become like something cliche that we say as believers and other Christians like, oh, I'll be praying for you. But when people say that now, I take it so seriously. And I don't throw that phrase around lightly anymore either because knowing that other people were interceding on my behalf meant the world to me because I knew it was such a struggle for me to do it myself like so the fact that other people were carrying me to the throne and just like lifting me up in prayer um was just it was just such a beautiful thing to me that I had never really given much thought to you know so um God teaching me that while I may not understand 
and the circumstances may not make sense and they may be painful, he, it doesn't change who he is. He is still good. And he, he does love me. Like my circumstances don't change his character is essentially what I feel like I've been learning the last three years walking through this grief. Um, and my best friend passing in 2019, like just seemed to kick off this series of, of deaths. And I, I have just felt emotionally exhausted. Um, from there, a cousin who's around my same age passed like a few months later. And then my grandmother passed last year. And then a good mentor of mine that, um, um, I know from my home church where my dad's the pastor, she passed away from cancer very rapidly, like got diagnosed. And then nine months later, um, passed away and so like just all of this to just heaped on I just feel God continuing to call me to believe like he is still God above all of these trying circumstances and above all of this grief and pain so that has been a defining moment for my faith as of late and um didn't expect that to be the lesson I would be learning at this age and stage of life so Yeah. Wow. Like, first of all, Rachel, I'm so sorry for all those people. I mean, that is a lot to, to walk through and to shoulder, but, um, how beautiful is it that you have the mindset you do and you're choosing to believe that God has beautiful things to bring from these really difficult moments and difficult situations, um, that truly no one should have to experience to your point at this age. I mean, I just, my heart goes to you. Um, but thank you for even bringing up the point to be serious when we say we're going to pray for people, because you're right. Like in those moments, like you desperately needed the prayers of others. And so, um, when we say we're going to pray for someone, we should mean it because they need it. And that's quite literally the only thing that carries us through some of those really difficult times, such as grief. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it, people have literally, I felt like people have carried me in this season, like interceding for me, covering me in prayer, like checking in, like, it's just been beautiful to see the body of Christ in a whole new way, um, through, through this grief journey. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, because sometimes God talks to us through, scripture. Sometimes he talks to us through prayer and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he talks to us through worship music or nature, but many times he talks to us through his people and through community. And so when you're walking through those tough times, like just the community of believers being there just around you is, is huge. So thanks for just sharing your story to encourage all of us. If we know people walking through this, like be there for them. Or if you're walking through a hard season, reach out to the people that you know and love because more than likely they want to pray for you and and be there for you too. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and maybe this ties into it. I'm not sure, but do you have a favorite scripture or verse or something that like you've been learning lately that you can share with us? Yeah, I have been <clears throat> leaning heavily into the Psalms in this season. Um, one of my favorites has been Psalm 16, but Psalm 16 verse eight specifically has really been um, an encouragement to my heart. It says, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. And I feel like that just speaks to 
everything that I've experienced in the last three years, like so much grief and death and the change that comes with that, but also just the amount of change I've experienced with the the transitions just in my, in my personal life. Like I've moved from Michigan to Indiana in the last three years. I um, have changed jobs and had two jobs in the last two years and um, went back to school to work on a grad school, to work on a master's degree, like just all of these different changes and transitions. And this verse reminds me that like God is continuously going before me and he's there and he's not I'm not going to be moved because he's not moving. And so I think that that gives me comfort to know that there is this stationary thing in my life in, in the midst of all of the change and the transitions and, you know, the ups and downs um, that I've experienced in the last three years. And he will continue to be there moving forward. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I I have been going to the Psalms lately as well. I've been in a season of, I think the word would be discomfort, um, which I think is, is probably different than grief, but I mean, who knows, but I just been feeling, yeah, just uh, not a lot of comfort in my life. And so I find that the Psalms are really comforting and provide a lot of solace just in knowing that God has promised that he's there. He's with us. He's in it. He's in the mess. And he's like, he's just bigger. He's bigger than our problems. He's bigger than us. And I love, I love what you said when you said my circumstances don't change his character, because if I could sum up Psalms in that phrase too, I would, because it's so true. His character is just power and love and protection and peace and all the things that we desperately need when we're just clinging for any bit of goodness. Mm, Come on. That's so good. Yeah, well, come on to you because you brought <laughs> brought me feeling this because just thank you for your words and your story because it's so true. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, it, to be able to share my story, like if I'm thinking about where I was three years ago, I, I wouldn't have guessed that I would be at this place where I could share and be able to talk about my faith in this manner as it relates to everything I've experienced the last three years. So thank you. Thank you for this. Mm, Yeah. And I mean, tell me more about that. Is it like time has kind of healed things for you or, or how has that been for you? I think it's a combination of time. I think it's, I, I, I can intentionally, I can see how intentional God was with where he wanted me in this season to get healing. Like the fact that he pulled me away from what's familiar, you know, my home in Michigan and the friends and the family and the church community I built there. And he pulls me to this small town in Indiana in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, this makes no sense to me, but seeing how God has moved the community of people he's put around me, um, the church that I am plugged into the opportunities that I've had for, for my job and career, a chance to fulfill my dreams of going to grad school, which is something I had been praying about for well over five years, you know, to see him be intentional and working. I think that has just been the most mind blowing in addition to just like this time over the last three years, but just seeing how intentionally God has been moving and working has also just been very healing for my heart. It's like, okay, God, you, you didn't forget about me. You do care about me. I may not understand always how you're doing it, but it's happening. So. Mm, Amen. I think that is so, so true. And 
And he is just so like detail oriented when it comes to like, you know, just taking care of us. We can't even understand the intricacies of how he's working. And when you do get a small glimpse into it, you're blown away. And it's like, you don't even see 95% of it probably. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being vulnerable and being willing just to talk about some of this. And I know that our listeners are going to be blessed by you and your story and um, just the things you've shared. So thank you so much for being willing to do this. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you again for the invitation. So glad I had this opportunity. I do feel very honored and privileged to share my story. So thank you. Thank you, as always, for tuning into this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. I want to remind you that one of the ways you can help our podcast out is by leaving reviews. It's really helpful to leave a rating or write a review, just saying what you think about it. It helps us to gain following and hopefully do more of these in the future. So we would greatly appreciate it if you took some time to do that. Also, I just want to thank everyone at Life Audio. Um, You can go to lifeaudio.com and find a series of other faith-based podcasts that we partner with. And you can also find us at sparklefaith.com. Have a great week. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.